This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode 100. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show, episode number 100 of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. No celebrations here for episode number 100. We're going to jam-pack this episode with some great information. My guest today is Fred Morgan, co-owner of Fired Pie, with 18 locations in Arizona. Nice, warm Arizona. Great for us to think about here in New England. Joins me today. Fred joins me, and we discuss what it's like to grow to 18 locations in just a short period of time. He's only been doing this for uh, three or four years. So we got we talk about how he got started. He has a background in, I don't want to say a background in franchise, but he worked for some big pizza franchises, and he learned what he needed to learn to open his own. And he's taking those items that he learned from working for those big pizza franchises and incorporated them into what he's doing now with him and his partner. And they're a really fast-growing place in Arizona. They have uh, 17 locations. He said their 18th location is opening up pretty soon. So it's a great episode. A lot of great information about hiring, training, uh, what to look for when you're opening new locations, and the systems that are needed in place to uh, expand so quickly. Uh, They're opening many, many locations every year. Before we get into the episode, I just want to thank our sponsor for today's show is Thrive by Granberry Solutions. You can find more information over at granberryrs.com. This is a point of sale that is packed in powerful features to let you run your business the way you want to run it. Run Thrive on a traditional workstation or iPad or Android. So it can be run on a desktop or iPad or Android, which a lot of them are just iPad-based or desktop-based. So this is a really good POS system. I get asked all the time which point of sale system I would suggest, and this is definitely the one that I do suggest. It's designed specifically for pizza delivery. So if you're a pizza delivery restaurant and you want uh, an affordable point of sale system, uh, Granberry Solutions has your problem solved with their Thrive solution. So head over to granberryrs.com for some more information about that. All right, let's get into today's episode with Fred Morgan, who is the co-owner of Fired Pie in Arizona. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I have on with me today co-owner of Fired Pie, Fred Morgan. Fred, how are you today, man? Great. How are you doing, Bruce? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. So you're the co-owner of Fired Pie. Can you take us back to when you first got started? How did the concept come about, and how did you get into the pizza business? Sure. Um, I've been in the pizza business for a long time. I was um, with a little company called California Pizza Kitchen. I yeah. think everyone should have heard of that company. Uh, <laughs> um, I started with them. They had probably uh, 20 units or so and um, worked my way through uh, as a general manager, moved on up to a regional and became regional vice president of the Central Midwest. Um, I was with California Pizza Kitchen for a little over 17 years. And then uh, I moved on to a concept called Oregano's here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I became the uh, regional VP and then C- COO for them and helped them grow that um, concept here in, in the Phoenix market. So um, a, lo- a little time in the pizza business, uh, probably about 25 years or so. Um, and then, you know, I found myself uh, uh, when I left uh, Oregano's looking for something, and I, and I felt that 
hey, you know, I know pizza. I've been doing this for a long time. And I'd like to try to uh, start something on my own, do something I've, I think I've done a lot for, you know, other companies. And I think it's time for me to do something for Fred. Um, I brought a, a regional director that worked for me from CPK, Doug Doyle. And we had, um, you know, we worked, he had been my regional director for me for many years, general manager before that. And he, had, he was working in California. And I brought him out here to Phoenix to help me with oregano's. And so when I left oregano's, um, Doug uh, decided to see what I was doing, what, what, what we could do together. And, and so we decided to uh, get, maybe start our own pizza concept. And, and, you know, we had heard about this hot concept, you know, coming up of fast, casual, something like a Chipotle of pizza. So we took a little road trip to California and checked out some other um, concepts that we're doing this kind of, you know, uh, pizza right. fast. So uh, after going through those and looking at several different concepts, we said, wow, um, should we do a franchise? And we actually had secured fran doing a franchise um, for two different concepts. And on the way back from driving from California, we said, why are we paying for a concept that, you know, one unit only, one only had two units, the other one only had uh, one unit at the time. Why are we paying for a concept, a franchise, when we probably know as much or more than they do? So on that road trip back, I think we had come up with um, a name for our concept, um, a menu for our concept, and, and some thoughts on making it better. And, and I think that's what we've done. Uh, we've taken just a pizza concept and try to create a brand and, and, and a better product. And, and so far, I think so good on doing that. Uh, one thing that we added that most of the other concepts didn't have was um, the salad element. You right. know, we custom custom salads was a, uh, something that we didn't see being done at the time. And how many locations are you up to? Um, 17 with number 18 getting ready to open on December 15th. Wow. Yep. So, uh, and, when, and that's when was your first one opened? Uh, July of 2013. So just over three and a half years, um, we're up to 18, uh, going to be 18 units. And um, you know, we uh, just just two guys doing pizza locally here in Phoenix Market. No, no. A lot of the other guys have big names behind them or big cash. We're just we're growing it. You know, ourselves. Um, we have a, a small investor that helped us along the way but uh, nothing like the other guys that have major major players behind them that's amazing now when you opened your first location was this the plan for you or was it just to have a few oh uh, no i think this was the plan yeah you know really from day one what we thought about it's funny i just had a talk with someone that's thinking about opening his own business and and one of the things that we decided and get given our background was you know, we wanted to create a brand, and we wanted a brand that could go wherever in the United States for sure and even internationally. And, and so from day one, we spent the money up front, right? We didn't go on the lower end of let's, let's just buy generic cups or let's just create, buy a pizza box off the shelf, right? We, our first store had customs cups, custom pizza boxes, you know, it just, with a brand logo, we paid to have a um, our branding um, done, and and we made sure that we stayed on track, 
Um, and it was hard sometimes, right? Uh, you know, make a custom pizza box was a lot of upfront costs. We had to pay for the dye. We were a small guy. No one would, no one would just front that money off off the top, right? We had to come up and um, pay for, you know, a large chunk of of our boxes up front. But to me, the icing on the cake was when people walk into our restaurant and they all say, "Oh wow, where, where's this franchise from?" You know, where'd you guys, you know, who are, are they out of, out of another state? How'd you guys buy this franchise? And, and we say we created it and they go, wow, you know, it, they, they're taken back that this is a local company that, you know, looks like it's a corporate um, restaurant or a franchise. Right. That's a good idea because you want to have a, a, a branding behind your business that can be noticed without someone just eating your pizza, you know, being able to recognize your logo or your color scheme or the way your restaurant looks is important nowadays. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you a designer or did you hire a designer to kind of come up with the idea or the concept? Um, I hired um, a, a person to come up with a logo and kind of our theme and color scheme, but the restaurant really was um, our idea. We, we knew what we liked, what we wanted. We, we've seen some elements. Um, and the great thing about, you know, being on our own and not set up that we have to do everything the same, it, it, we were able to progress our look. You know, we started out with this industrial kind of, you know, new uh, look. And as we've opened up, you know, number store number 16 and 17, we've changed that look and made it more modern. What would you see now? More wood, um, you know, more cleaner lines, cleaner looks, you know, brighter light. So, you know, it, it, the great thing about us having the ability to change with time, right? And, and over the three years, in that short time, you know, the look of fast casual has really changed and evolved. So, um, you know, a franchise may have a lot harder time to, to make those changes where we can decide, okay, this is what we want to do today, and we just do it. You know, two guys that right. can make that call today. So. Now, how do you keep, how do you keep everything organized? So you're growing so quickly. You know, 18 stores in three years is really really fast growth. Did your background working at California Pizza Kitchen and learning their systems help you implement systems in Fired Pie? Absolutely, and I think that that's been uh, uh, you know the backbone of our of what we've done and what we're able to do. And it's you know when I was with California Pizza Kitchen, I I was with their growth spur, and I I think I personally oversaw 50. Um, new restaurants um, opening with with California Pizza Kitchen. I, as I stated, I think I started when they had 20 some restaurants, and when I left, there were close to um, 200 wow. with over, you know, in five or six different countries. Uh, and so that that really, you know, CPK was great about having systems and training. Training training is a very important aspect of, of the restaurant business, and and you know, and hiring the right people. I think that's the other aspect that a lot of people miss and you know you gotta you gotta hire you know and train the right people to help you get to the next level how did you find your first employees were they people that you knew or were you just finding people in your area and asking them the right questions uh, we bought our first restaurant we went out and purchased a a restaurant and converted it and in that they had some key employees that have been with that concept for several years and um, as a matter of fact, mo many of them um, became 
you know, not only key employees or shift leaders, but also promote the general manager um, for our, our next units. And, and you know, it, and of course, interviewing, having the right people, making sure that you know that they understood what we wanted at the end of the day, and that was a brand. And you know, we hire personalities. And I know a lot of companies say that, um, but we we definitely made sure that's what we wanted. We wanted. Uh, you know, because our concept, you know, you can train anyone to top a pizza. You can train anyone really to work our ovens at what in prep. But the personality is really what comes through. And, you know, if you we hear all the time that, you know, your people are so great. They're so friendly. We wanted, you know, people that engage with the guests. Uh, a lot of people ask why when you come through our line, other concepts have, you know, the items listed on the glass or labeled or and. From day one, we decided we didn't want to do that because we wanted the engagement. We wanted the employee to talk to our guests and make sure that they had a good time even building their own pizza and having a fun time or salads. Right. So, That's a, so are there any you know key questions that you ask people or personality traits that you look for? Because it sounds like your cooks aren't just cooks. They're, inter, they're interacting more with the customers than, than the normal cooks do. Yeah, and, and there are several different questions that we ask to try to get, you know, them to open up, right? We ask, tell us about a time if they're a high school kid, you know, when you're on a team and, 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 and the coach told you to do this, and, and how did you react to that? Or if you had another job and, you know, a guest came up to you, how would you how did you approach that? You know, and, and we're looking for that, them to really talk. It's not... Many of our, our employees never had a job before, you know, or um, even came from other industries. And, and the, the biggest thing was, the, you know, their personality in that interview. And the only way you can get that is a one-on-one -on -one interview. Um, and Doug and I still try to get um, involved in as many interviews from hourly employees to shift leaders to managers as we possibly can. Because, you know, they're the front line. And, you know, it was easy when we had two, three stores and we were there every day. That's a lot harder. So uh, today with 17. And so if we can continue to help our general managers understand what we're looking for, that's going to be successful throughout the years to come. So. And how many employees are you up to now? Uh, about 250 employees. Wow. Uh, with, uh, you know, 17 managers, four or five corporate people. And, and that's the other beauty thing, you know, that we've tried to uh, ensure that we don't – we didn't – grow this big overhead we didn't we didn't create this big office right our office is in one of our restaurants to be honest and um, a couple of people our CFO works from home and um, you know because that really is important to put the money back into the restaurants and that, that's what we try to do every day is try to um, make sure that we're investing into the restaurants that we have and into the new restaurants and, and into our people right it's you know our, our set after our CFO our second hire um, corporate hire was really our um, a training training manager helped write our training materials and, and and really being in the restaurants it's not just about writing this material it's actually being in the restaurant one-on-one -on -one with our employees to try to continue that and still what we want you know from our hourlies right and you're working with a partner obviously and sometimes that can be tricky uh, how do you has there any ever been a time where you two didn't agree on something and how did you work that out yeah. Yeah, you know, well, the good thing is that in that 25 years, Doug's been work. Doug worked for me for that whole time, so we were friends. Um, you know, I think 
um, as much as we were uh, co-workers and, and him working for me. But there, there are some th times that we do disagree on, on um, some items. It's, uh, but we work through it. Uh, we talk it through. Um, our CFO, uh, we put her to reason and get uh, Abby to be the final decision if, if it comes down to it. We also have a my mentor, Fred Wolf, that was been in the restaurant industry for many years and CEO and president of, of several major companies. And uh, we also let him uh, get involved in some of our decision making. So, uh, but I can tell you over the, you know, the last couple of months, there's probably been one or two items that we may have disagreed on. At the end of the day, we've moved on and um, still, you know, being um, working together. So that's awesome. Now, do you guys have different personalities? I know sometimes the best partnerships are when people have opposite skill sets. Sometimes when people have the same exact skill sets, they seem to butt heads a little bit more. Absolutely. And that's true for Doug and I. Uh, I would say um, he he says I'm the talker. I'm, I'm the one that goes out there and, you know, talks to the guests and kind of the face of fire tie. Doug, Doug's more, you know, he's operational. He, he's in there with the more with the staff working with them and, and, and taking on the operational side. I'm more on the, you know, guest relations, um, financial side of the business. So it's, it's definitely a great partnership then. And that aspect of it, um, Doug is probably not as outgoing as I am, but you know, still, still works in the restaurant every day with the staff and the staff really like, love him. So I think that's important to have someone that if you're going to do be a partnership that has opposite skill sets that you do. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. What was the hardest part? So you're at 18 locations coming soon. You're going to be opening your 18th one. You started with one. What was the hardest part? Was it one to two or two to three, or was it the 18th location? <laughs> no, I, I think it was, yeah, after after the third one, right? It, it, you know, two was easy. We both broke up. We took that. And then third one was, you know, fairly, you um, know, and by the way, we did uh, – we opened one 30 days later. I think we opened store two and three months later we opened store three. And, and then there was that gap in between and, until we went to the next level. But uh, that's when we had to start, you know, more of a hands off approach. Right. It, it was easy. The first two and three was hands on there every day, making sure, uh, you know, we the guests were taken care of, the staff was taken care of. But. We found that by store four, we just couldn't be there every day, all day, right? So um, that that became. But what, what we did start doing is training our general managers to do what we expected them to do, and, and I think that was the biggest hurdle that we had to overcome, and and, was, and give them more responsibility. So, um, and then now it's before we could easily tell people what to do, or you know, um, just send out some emails. Now it's a little bit more formal, right? We have to, uh, we don't want to say it's corporate because we really don't want to be that corporation, you know. Uh, but, you know, to keep it successful and consistent, we have to put uh, policies and procedures in place, right? And, yeah. um, so that, that has become, um, you know, a little more different than we expected it to be, sooner than we expected it to be, I guess. But uh, it's been fun. We can still, we can still keep that fun environment. And still have rules and policies, right? It's the only way to be successful. Definitely. I think that, especially nowadays with the workforce that we have going on, that's kind of what they expect. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, know, I think that the audience listening is generally people who are looking to grow their 
their business, whether they own a restaurant or a pizzeria. And they definitely want to get to 18 locations like you have, but maybe they're in their first location and they're looking to grow. What can you tell that person who is working in their first location and looking to get to two, three, or even 18 someday? What's the first thing that they should look to start doing? Well, I, I think making sure that your, your first store is financially sound, right? And making sure that you have the systems in place that if you're going to leave that restaurant, and probably for extended time, is it set up to make that next move? And then secondly, of course, is financially stable to do that, right? I've heard so many um, individuals, uh, you know, go to open their second and third, and then what happens is they don't spend enough time either on the first one or the third one was a mistake, and it eats up, and then all three locations are closed. I, you know, you have to have a sound foundation for anything right before you can move to, to the number two and you know the the big thing is making sure that you're that you know you have the money to do it because you know in, in our business in any business uh, especially in the restaurant though that you're gonna miss uh, even with cpk opening 200 restaurants you're gonna have a site that's gonna be the best site in the world that you think that you've heard read think about and you know it's going to miss some, you're going to miss once in a while. You, you just have to be, you know, make sure that you're set up that if that does happen, that you can ride the storm. And, and then I, I think the other, the other thing that, uh, that we were very, uh, you know, diligent on is making, we, we didn't go out. It's easy to get caught up on, Hey, I want this. I want that. I want to spend extra money. I want to, I want the best spot in the corner. I'm going to, I'm going to buy the, the, the best equipment. I'm going to, I'm going to have the best line and, and the best real estate. You just have to be careful. Uh, it, 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 you know, you can overpay and, and you know, a lot of the times that that comes with a lot of money and, and you, you, you need to stay true to who you are. And I know it's exciting to have a new location or be in a new strip mall, but you, the rent deal has got to be right. You, you, you got to have great budgets, great projections, you got to know what you have to do to make the rent. You got to know what you have to. You need to know what you need to do to, you know, make payroll. So um, don't get caught up in the, in the hype sometimes, which I hear a lot of people do. I, you know, I, someone I know very, um, a concept similar to this, went out brand new construction, paying almost seventy dollars a square foot, in rent. You know that's. That's a lot of money in a three thousand square foot, uh, you know, eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars a month. You got to sell a lot of pizza to pay that rent deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. That's right. So. What is a good What is a good rent? What do you usually go by for your concept? Uh, it depends on you know, of course, the location and visibility and all those things. But I I, I pay as you know, uh, people say no way. I, I pay as little as ten dollars a square foot, um, and one of my uh, above average locations as much as um, $45 a square foot in a high visible food court at Fashion Square Mall. Um, you know, it, and, but that's only 900 square feet. So, um, you know, for us, you know, when you're selling an $8 item, uh, you know, you have to be very careful, right? You, you know, um, you have to know on worst case scenario, what would it take to make money? And, and uh, we've been lucky, knock on wood, that that 
that's worked for us, right? And we we bought a lot of second generation restaurants. I know a lot of people don't like to do that, and that's another beauty of our concept that we don't. It doesn't have to fit in a square box, right? It can yeah. it can a rectangle box. It can fit and uh, almost a round box if we need it to be. <laughs> but it, it's it, it's because uh, you know it, it it gives you the ability to um, to take deals that other others may not want or it. You know, it'd be hard to fit that. We don't have to go and look for that perfect spot to find our real estate deal. So that also helps grow a little quicker. So you can be, a, you have a little bit more nimbleness when it comes to where your concept needs to be. That's right. Absolutely. That's, and, you know, I think I talked about 800 square feet in a food court to yeah. a 3,500 square feet restaurant that we have, you know, and, and they all are very uh, profitable as long as you're, you know, you know where you need to be at. Which one of your restaurants is the busiest that surprised you the most that you thought maybe it wasn't going to be that busy and it ended up turning out to be the, you know, the best location for you? Um, it would be in Glendale at, at a Tanger outlet, um, center, um, that, you know, it was a, a, a restaurant that was closed for almost two and a half years. It was, it was a fast casual concept that, um, that had failed at, in the, in the center. And, um, you know, I thought that'd be average at best, you know, open air, outdoor mall in the middle of, um, in, in the middle of Arizona when it's 110 out might not be the perfect um, place for a, a fast casual restaurant. Um, but, you know, it's been, it, it's been a very nice surprise for us and, and actually falls at number one or number two um, every month. Um, and sales, so That's great. And, 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 and positive comps for the last year and a half, so two years, I guess. Wow. So, let's yep. let's uh, so when you're obviously you have a Facebook page. Do you have all of your restaurants under one Facebook page, or do you have each individual restaurant have their own page? I have them all under one page. It's, it's just easier to manage that way for us. Yep. Yeah. And how do you who does do you have an in-house marketing team that runs your marketing, or what's the concept behind how you get the word out there for your your uh, your all the different businesses? The original guy that helped us create the logo and really was a big part, um, Chris, for um, he has a company here in Phoenix that we use that he also manages our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, and pretty much, you know, does our social media for us and, and makes sure that, you know, one thing that we've always, you know, we didn't want to oversaturate. I know a lot of companies, you know, throw out a lot every day out there. We really want it to be organic. You know, we, we put some stuff out there, but if you check our page and even our Instagram, it's really, it's our, it's our guests that are really feeding a lot of the, our content. You know, we, we put some stuff out there. They share it. We then retweet it or re-Facebook it or re-engineer it. But, um, and we don't want to oversell. You know, it, it's something that we don't spend any money on marketing, but, you know, it's, it's really social and PR. We do a lot of PR and, and, and Chris helps us do that with his company. Um, and, and it's been very successful for us thus far. For PR, what are you doing for PR? Like you sponsor local events or what are you doing for that? Absolutely. I have a PR firm that I've started from day one. Again, part of the branding, right? Um, that we spent the money up front on and we've used her from day, you know, from day one. But um, everything from being on TV shows, um, sponsoring, you know, a Phoenix Hospital to um, to doing can drives to 
any, anything. We have a 20% fundraiser that we do for all, all any local schools, kids charities, football teams. We sponsor hockey teams. You know that that really is what we like to do and, and get out there. And, you know we're locally owned, operated, um, and, and we use that to our advantage. And, and you know that, that that's a big deal. I, I make sure that I um, try to spend my money with a locally owned because it, it means a lot, right? So right. Um, there's a lot of consumers out there that really appreciate that. So really, but that's it. You know it's a flat fee we pay from same amount we pay from store one to store seventeen and. You know, we're on TV at least twice a month um, morning to, in morning shows. Um, the other PR event that we always do, of course, is free pizzas on our grand opening day, um, which always draws a huge crowd, lines out the door, three-hour waits, and um, normally gets a lot of media coverage. And then we um, also uh, stay involved with the community and giveaways and special events like Veterans Day. We, we give free, free pizzas or salads. Halloween specials, things like that, that gets picked up from the media. Um, but it's also giving back to the community. We really um, like to get involved and really give back. And, and we try to do a No Kid Hungry campaign was a big one for us just past. Uh, so those things, you know, it's, I rather take my, a lot of people say marketing dollars, you should be, I should be now in billboards or I should be this. You know, that's a lot of money to spend where I could take that money and really give it back to the community and hopefully they give back to fire pie. Right. I think that's a great point. You can take that money that you would spend on a billboard for that nobody's watching nowadays and use right. that to give away free food to the community. That's right. Absolutely. Um, what kind of point of sale system do you have? Who do you use for that? I use a cloud base called Revel. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, I've used a couple of them. Um, I've landed on a breadcrumb I started with and I used another shopkeep, I think, before that. But um, Revel um, is definitely. Um, a, a good POS system. It continues to get better, and you know they, they they're growing very fast, but they're also um, you know making it very easy to update and keep growing with us. So um, it, you know it is a wave of the future. And if I, I, I suggest anyone um, that you know look at cloud-based POS systems, it, it is you know. The days of the, I won't mention the old POS system, but, you know, you had to pay for the key. You had to pay for the updates. Any changes you had to make, I mean, this is, you know, takes me minutes to make any changes, to push changes, menu pricing. It it acts and feels just like the old hard POS systems. The reliability has come a long ways. Uh, you know, as long as you have decent Internet connection you're, it's going to be and, and there's things that you can put in place now that even um, helps with that so um, for us it's been a, a game changer where you spent you know ten ten thousand dollars at when I was with other companies and just one system of one one or two terminals you know I'm spending a tenth of that um, on my restaurants to you know um, today yeah a lot so, of people I've heard to have durable system may enjoy that one yep um, all right. I don't want to take too much of your time up, Fred. So thank you so much for joining me. That's great stuff. I think uh, a lot of information in this podcast that people are going to be able to take away and start implementing in their business yep. today. If you could give someone who's either starting out or looking to grow one piece of advice that really helped you along your way, what would that be? Um, I think it would be uh, making sure that you have the right people. You know, I, I, it's it's not all about, you know, taking care of 
others, but it's really about having the right employee and the right people to grow your company because you can't be there all the time, right? So definitely not. You definitely, especially if you have 18 locations, you cannot be there all the time. That's right. That's right. It's just physically impossible. So I definitely agree with that. That's the number one question I get asked all the time is how do I get find good help? And I think that you just have to have a, a system and a process in place to, and like you said, ask the right questions. Don't look for what they can do. Look for who yes. they are as a person. That, that's it. That, that's key. Everyone's looking for experience or can they do this? Sometimes you have to train them, but they'll be, you know, they'll be lifetime, um, and, you know, employees for you if, you if you take the time. Fred, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know you're a busy guy with that many locations, so we much it's much appreciated on our end. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You too, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thanks to Fred from Fired Pie for joining me on the show, sharing some great information. Hopefully you can take some of that information and inspiration from this episode and go apply it in your business, whether you have one now or you are looking to grow. If you do have a business and you've ever come to the point where it's Friday at 530 and your phone lines go down, you definitely need Pizza Phone System. Head over to pizzaphonesystem.com. They have a cell tower backup, which allows you to constantly have your phone lines and online ordering up and running with the cell tower backup. Never have those down lines again. And sometimes there might be 15 or 20 minutes when your phone lines are down and you don't even know it because you just think it's a slow time, but the phone lines have really gone down on you. And with Pizza Phone System, that never happens. And they have 365 day a week, seven days a week, 24 hours a day support because they know we're in the restaurant business and nights and weekends are important to us. So that's pizzaphonesystem.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me um, at the end of this episode. I just wanted to say thanks for helping me get to 100 episodes. This has been a great journey for the past, I don't know, year and a half doing this podcast. I've met met so many great individuals, whether they be listeners of the show who have emailed me or I've met at the great events that I've gone to or just the people that I've gotten a chance to talk to on the podcast because you listen to the show and we have this great audience that we do have. They come on the show. They share some of their information. um, They help us grow our businesses. Um, So it's been a tremendous journey for me. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining me on all these episodes for 100 so far. And hopefully there's many, many, many more to come. One other thing that we've been working on here at the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast is this SPM marketing, this digital advertising platform that we are building specific for pizzerias, zip code dependent, which means... We only work with one location per zip code. If you would like more information or, you know what, I'll hop on. A, if you listen to the podcast and you shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com, I will hop on a call with you. Our team is busy building it in the background. I will hop on a call with you myself. We'll chat about your business, what your needs are when it comes to digital advertising. And by digital advertising, I mean a mobile responsive website, email marketing campaigns, social media advertising, and posting, and all in one big loop get people to go to your website, which is mobile responsive because more people are searching on mobile nowadays than on desktop. Get them to opt into their email address. We'll run ads on social media to make that happen. And then we'll send email campaigns for your business that will get people to order and buy from you. And we do all of this for you. It's all in one package. And we do have different packages that are available if you already have a great website. And we'll take a look at your website and see if it can be used. And if not, we'll tweak it or if you like the design of it, we can kind of do work with you. So shoot me an email, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. If you go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip, you can just log in and we can see if your zip code is available 
from there. All right. Thank you guys again so much for helping me get to 100 episodes of the show. Hopefully, there's many, many, many more to come. If you're watching this or listening to this, not watching it because it's a podcast, we do a live show on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, some great guests coming up for that. Also, I'm on Twitter at Irving Media. Come say hello to me on Twitter. I'm on Snapchat at Smart Pizza Tips. And obviously on Facebook, add me on there or come like the page, facebook.com forward slash Smart Pizza Marketing. All right. Again, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it a ton. If you like the show and you know anybody out there who has a restaurant or pizza business who you think would benefit from listening to the podcast, do me a favor, hit the share button on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Uh, help us really grow the show. Get some more audiences. We'll get some more great guests on to hear you and uh, do some a lot, a lot, a lot of more, a lot of more, a lot of more great podcasts for you coming up in the future. So thank you guys so much. 